Hi, hipsters. Welcome to the Hip Health is Power podcast. And I'm your host, Dr. Anna Esperham. I am an MD with triple board certifications in integrative functional medicine, pediatrics, and medical acupuncture with special pain training and clinical hypnosis and aromatherapy certifications. We have a team of healthcare professionals here that provide real and evidence-based information to support women on their health and wellness path. And our goal is to empower you to heal and recover from health issues, whether it be chronic pain, illness, or just life stressors, to perform your best, feel your healthiest, to become full of vitality and stamina, to be who you love and do what you love. And now I'm obligated to tell you our disclaimer that Anna Esperham, MD, is a medical doctor, but she is not your doctor and she is not offering medical advice on this podcast. So if you are in need of professional advice or medical care, you must seek out the services of your own doctor or healthcare professional, as this podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, medical, or psychological services or advice. And none of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any mental or medical condition, as you are responsible for your own physical, mental, and emotional well-being decisions, choices, actions, and results. Health is Power LLC disclaims any liability for your reliance on any opinions or advice contained in this podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health is Power episode number 44. And I'm your host, Dr. Anna. And we have um, our special guest back on the show, Randy Evans, to talk a little bit more on some of the nutritional therapies that he recommends for several of his clients and NFL players and high-performing athletes, but also for all the women that um, he's treated over the years to reach their maximum potential and heal from chronic illness. So Randy Evans, you want to take it away with the ketogenic diet for women? Thank you, Dr. Ann, and thanks for having me back. Um, today, we're going to talk about ketogenic diet, but I'd start start by offering up my, my usual disclaimer. There is no perfect version of a diet for you. Um, you'll hear a lot of people talk about vegan diets now, vegan, 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 vegan's the best. Uh, vegetarian's the best, paleo's the best, ketogenic's the best. And just know that, that there's something out there that's unique for your metabolism that'll work for you. And so when we talk about specific diets, always keep in mind that we're really talking about, you know, the, the qualities of, of a certain diet for maybe a certain person's health. Uh, ketogenic's just become popular, uh, has been around for years, I think since the 1920s used uh, to help seizures in kids where medicines either weren't available or they weren't even, uh, they weren't uh, desirable to use. So ketogenic diet's been around for seizure disorders for a long time. I think a lot of people have heard about it related to cancer. Um, so it's been used uh, therapeutically for years. And now all of a sudden everybody's going keto. So I think that's, that's what, that's the goal today is really kind of vet that and talk about the advantage of the ketogenic diet and, and how it works. So, uh, I mean, what's different for a woman doing uh, or trialing the ketogenic diet versus a man trialing it? Well, it's, it, it, it again, goes back to the individual. Uh, we all have kind of have individual metabolism, our own individual genetics, individual stressors. And for women, I think we have to be more careful. And, and, and there's plenty of women who do really well in ketogenic diets. So it's not to discourage anyone from trying. Um, but it's the reason we always slowly transition to ketogenic diet clinically. We didn't dive people off, you know, the standard American diet into ketogenic. Uh, we actually kind of slowly eased them into it, uh, hoping to find, you know, how well they tolerate it and kind of push slowly toward ketosis. And there's an advantage in doing that in that you might actually find something that works good on the way. 
because uh, as, as you know, Dr. Anna, some people will get into ketosis very easily. Like you can think about it and produce ketones. And then some people have to work for months to see a good ketone level. So it's very, it can be very individual. So, so with, with ketogenic, I think for female metabolism, a lot more uh, sensitive uh, female metabolism is a lot more sensitive to changes um, because simply put, a woman's body is for survival with species. So, so nature is a lot more sensitive when it comes to them counting, uh, you know, cutting calories drastically or making shifts in the diet that might uh, manifest in changes in hormones that might not be so advantageous. So, so that's the concern is, is, is we're dealing with more sensitive metabolism uh, when it comes to a female versus a male, which is a male, you can, you can jump the, the female, uh, female metabolism into kind of a hole versus a man. You can, he can do half the things right and see twice the results, which, you know, is totally not fair, but it seems to be the way it works. So, so women, women tend to have to work a little harder on a ketogenic diet in general than I'd say uh, maybe a, a male would. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try it and you shouldn't do it. I think the, the way we did it clinically, that slow, steady approach of trying to push people toward ketogenic, uh, just to make sure that we didn't miss a sweet spot there, because it's amazing how people will find something that works for them on the way to ketogenic sometimes. So they may never get that full ketogenic. They may never really limit carbs way down to that ketogenic level. Most people think 10, 20 grams of carbs a day. A lot of people never get there and they still do really well on it. Yeah. And he's referring when he talked about like, if you can, if you just look at, you know, the, the whole fats and in, in your diet, you could go into ketosis. Well, that was sort of kind of what happened to me when I was trialing the ketogenic diet, when we were recommending it um, to certain patients. And I just, you know, went into ketosis really, really quickly, but that's also because I was eating a lot of whole foods and somehow, you know, maybe my metabolism just really responds, um, super well to the ketogenic diet, but almost too well, where, when I started adding more fats and decreased the carbs in my diet, not that I was anywhere near a, maybe what one-to-one -one ratio. I don't even think I was even that close. Um, I went into ketoacidosis where you're producing too much acid and I couldn't keep up. So, um, I, uh, you kind of feel really, really sick on that. So, I mean, it, I think there is a lot of, um, individuality in terms of what your ketogenic diet looks like versus someone else's. And so that's where, um, it, it, you kind of have to personalize it according to your metabolism, according to your bioindividuality. And so for me, you know, I eat a lot of carbs and, and, but they're mostly whole, you know, whole food carbs, like potatoes and, and things that you can grow. Um, but I just add a little bit more healthy fats in my meal that if I cut down a little bit of my carb intake, I can be in ketosis, um, for most of the day. Yeah. So, so ketogenic diet for anybody that's unaware that it just means the body's producing ketones. And, and ketones are just a form of energy from fat. Uh, typically, you know, if you look in nutrition books, you'll find people talk about ketones and keto, ketogenic. Um, it, they'll, they'll talk about maybe somebody that's fasting long-term because they used to think the only way we produce ketones if we fasted and that we found out that's not true. Just the way we eat can produce ketones. So it's interesting that we know a lot more about this now than we ever did. And, and, and I think that's why everyone's kind of dabbling with it. Lots of professional athletes, specifically different sports are doing ketogenic for different reasons. Um, even some team sports are doing ketogenic. And, 
And in my mind, they're not so much doing ketogenic as they are just not fueling with sugar anymore. So I think, I think there's a way to look at this that's a lot simpler than, you know, getting a ketogenic book and kind of backing your way into this thing and restrict, restrict, restrict and add the fat. We always kind of did it by using whole foods like Dr. Aaron has said. So the human body is always using, you know, a, a balance of all these forms of energy. So when you eat, of course, you're getting dietary energy from carbohydrates, fats and proteins. And then, of course, we can store uh, carbohydrates and we can store fats. So those are stored energies and we can break down protein and use that for energy if we need to. So, so, so in essence, we have a lot of storage pools for the energy and we have a lot of dietary energy on a daily basis. We eat three times a day at least. Uh, so you have that energy and you have that balance. So the, the human body is always flipping those switches, you know, to try to keep blood sugar uh, and, and, and enzymes at certain levels based on your diet and based on the energy that's available, based on your stressors, based on your genetics. So the body's always flipping those switches back and forth and it can be very individual how that works, especially the stressors. So at any one time you could have some glucose, you could have some gluconeogenesis from protein being broke down for glucose. You could have some fat uh, from your body being released for, for, uh, for energy via ketones. So you can have all this flux in, in energy sources and, and ketogenic just means that the fat has become a primary fuel source. So ketones are produced largely by the liver and other cells, but largely by the liver um, under a, a condition where there's not a ton of carbohydrates being circulated. So the body will begin to break down fat and make that into ketones. And ketones actually have a thermogenic advantage. They don't, they don't require any ATP to use them. So that's why they've become so popular in a lot of brain research and like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's research. So ketones can actually have an advantage, advantageous uh, uh, place in energy in the body, depending on, you know, what our diet, what medications we're on, what stressors are around us. So, so again, remember just ketogenic just means fat becomes a primary fuel source. And how do we do that? Well, obviously if fat is going to become the primary fuel source, we're not going to be consuming you know, like our guidelines say 60 to 80% of our uh, calories from carbohydrates anymore. So, so what you're really doing with a ketogenic diet is you're trading out some of our, you know, carb energy that we've been told is so good for us. Um, we're going to trade that out with some healthy fat and very important to define healthy fat. It's not any fat we're going to increase. We're going to increase the healthy fat, the fat humans are made of the fat that's very anti-inflammatory the fats we can't get, we have to eat them. Uh, they're essential fats. We're really going to start using more of those healthy fats as fuel. And of course, some of those then are converted to ketones. So, so ketones are kind of the fast energy from fat. So people generally feel pretty good on them once they're fat adapted, once they're, you know, they've ramped up enzymes productions for fatty acid transport and metabolism of fat, uh, they feel pretty good on ketogenic diets. And you really lose, in a lot of cases, a sense of hunger because anytime you're not eating, you don't get hungry you can release stored energy. So it's a kind of a happy place for people depending on, you know, how their health is and, and, and how, what kind of medications they might be on, what kind of stressors are around them. Um, it can be kind of a cool place to be. So in the clinic, you know, what, what Dr. Anna said is true. We always targeted kind of a whole foods, I almost call it a hippie diet, uh, was our clinic meal plan. It was just real whole foods, uh, clean, healthy protein, healthy fats, and then removing the, all the things I didn't say, removing all the man-made packaged processed foods, the additives, preservatives, the colorings, the damaged fat, the trans fat, all of the things we've essentially been told are healthy for about 40 years in this country. We're getting rid of all of it. Uh, so we we're going we're to identify healthy versions of carbs, fats, and proteins. 
And when it comes to carbohydrates, the, the really limit, the limit we have is mother nature's carbs. We're talking about real food carbohydrates, not something that was smashed into a box, but something that popped out of the ground or you pulled off a tree. Um, and then over time, we'll take that whole foods diet and slowly transition it more and more toward fat and more and more and more away from the starches and the grains maybe. Uh, even though there might be healthy versions, we'll move more toward a, a dominant uh, source of fat as the primary fuel and that's what makes it a ketogenic diet. And, and what is varies in people is that how much they have to limit carbs to see that uh, increase in ketone production when they test their ketones. Uh, so you'll see two things. You tend to see glucose drop and your ketone level will increase. And so, so that's what's individual and that's what we try and follow in patients. Um, but again, very much individual process. Some people pop right into it. Like Dr. Anna misses a meal, she's ketogenic. Uh, she just starts producing massive amounts of ketones and to the point where a lot of people have to get off a ketogenic diet because they can't maintain their weight. And if you think about the insanity of that statement, we've been told for years fat made is fat. That's what made our country so heavy. And here we are, uh, you know, with five and 10 years of really good science behind ketogenic now, finding out that you can actually waste on a high fat diet because the body gets so good at spilling it and using it. So it's kind of cool that we're in such a better place but still a lot of misinformation out there for the public because uh, the government guidelines still push uh, the sugar and carbs uh, of any form. They, they, there's no discrepancy between broccoli because it's a carbohydrate and uh, sugar. Uh, they'll say those are the same. And, and that justifies logic. We know they're not the same, but that's kind of where we're at. Hey, everyone. Just a brief intermission that our Health is Power Wellness Members Club is opening today, Monday, March 8th. And we're having a special discount for those who sign up um, until Wednesday, March 10th, that you get a special bonus and special discount as a founding member for $27 per month with um, having a webinar and a uh, challenge with me every single month focused on a specific topic. And you get a one-on-one 20-minute session with me, Dr. Anna Esperham, one little coaching session um, to help you with your wellness needs. So I hope I see you by Wednesday, March 10th in our members club. I'd be so excited and so happy and give you such a warm welcome. And now back to the show. Yeah, the when I was doing, I mean, a little bit of uh, the ketogenic diet. So I'm I'm definitely nowhere near you know other people's ratios where they have to be much higher on the healthy fat and much lower on the carbohydrate. But I have to have this like fine line where I have to have plenty of healthy fats. Otherwise, I don't feel as good. I don't have as much energy, and I'm like hungry all the time between breakfast, lunch, and between lunch and dinner while I'm at work. So when I increase my fat, so what I'll do is I have um, bulletproof coffee in the morning, but we make it with, um, we do grass fed butter and then we add MCT oil, collagen, um, protein and, um, a little bit of almond milk. Um, and then we do have the bulletproof coffee. And, and so I have like, um, one cup of that. And then one cup of, um, bulletproof chai tea that Randy makes this homemade chai tea at home, which I absolutely love. And that keeps me going, um, up until lunchtime. Cause I'm really not hungry just cause I've got plenty of fat to keep me going. And then lunchtime, I usually just have this whole food soup. It's like a chicken vegetable soup. 
with a lot of butter in it and a lot of coconut oil in it. Um, and then I have some um, like dehydrated veggie chips, um, I think what taro chips or whatever with it um, so that I don't go into, you know, ke too much ketosis because I don't feel too good when I'm too um, ketotic. So, I mean, those are just some like examples. And then dinner time, I tend not, I tend to eat a little bit more carbs um, because, you know, I don't have to be as energetic and, you know, bedtime's coming around the corner. So I'm not going to be eating all night long anyway. Um, so anyway, that's kind of just my like right sweet spot um, for ketogenic diet. I don't even count my ratio. I just kind of do what feels good for my body and, and, you know, what's going to sustain me throughout the day and keep me energized and not give me so much brain fog, which if I add a lot of carbs, I get too much brain fog um, and get really sleepy. Yeah, so that's how it affects the individual. And, and, and so people are different. And I, I would say, you know, the caveat to this conversation, we started uh, ketogenic, you know, I don't know how many years ago that was, uh, Dr. Driscoll had come back from a conference with, you know, a talk, Dr. Seafried, who's a known ketogenic researcher, uh, has a great book on uh, ketogenic cancer. Um, but anyway, Jeannie come back and she like kind of made the announcement to the clinic, we're going to start doing ketogenic diet. And we were like, whoa, you know, Lee and I were the dietitians. And we we're like, we don't, we've never done that. And if you, if you look at what it was said about the ketogenic diet of that era, um, it was really something we were told nobody would ever do it or could do it. And it might cause kidney issues. Um, that's what they would say. Um, so here we are all these years later now, knowing there's so many advantages and it's really cool. And it's, not as hard as we thought. And so things have changed, but the, the thing looking back on our clinic, cause we use this clinically, it's really, you hear a lot of people talk about ketogenic diet. I would say most of them, or at least it used to be, most of them weren't uh, practitioners. Um, and it's really different to do something for yourself versus something for a group of people, a patient population, and being a pediatrician to do it on kids. So it really makes you think differently. And so we always took a real conservative approach to ketogenic diet. We actually started people on, on our normal clinic diet. We never, we wouldn't even mention ketogenic, but what we would try to do is use that whole foods diet and then slowly modify that by adding more fat and, and kind of squeezing on the carbs. And we'd slowly follow that using that keto ratio Anna mentioned. Um, so it's a ratio comparing your, your carbohydrates, which you take your total carbs minus your fiber, and that gives you kind of your net carbohydrates. And you add that together with your protein because protein can be converted to glucose. You want to add those two together. So net carbs plus protein, that's grams. You add those together and compare it to your fat grams. So if you have a meal or a snack or something you use a lot, you can just say, hey, my smoothie is about a one-to-one -one ratio or two-to-one ratio or whatever it is, comparing your fat to your net carbs and protein, essentially. Um, and most people... And this is what we found out. Most people start to see ketones when that ratio is pretty balanced. Like when it's around a one-to-one -one ratio comparing your grams of fat to your grams of net carbs plus protein, when that's one-to-one -one or equal, most people over time will start to see urine or blood ketones produced. So it's not everybody. Some people have to push that further, but I would say that's what we found out. We spent all this time trying to do ketogenic diet and people measuring their ketones and working on it. And then we had our regular clinic patients go back and start testing their blood sugar and ketones. And we found a lot of people who weren't on the ketogenic diet, ketogenic. So it was kind of cool. Um, so I think that's what we might miss if you were just to go buy a book on the ketogenic diet. And most of those use a four to one ratio. That's kind of the big time version of ketogenics, four to one ratio, comparing fat to carbs 
and protein. And that's a pretty hard, that's not easy for most people to, to go from standard American diet to a four to one ratio is a push off a cliff. And that's not what we wanted to do. So we kind of used the whole foods, went to one to one, sometimes two to one, sometimes three to one. And then if the doctors or the patient had a concern for a problem or cancer or whatever their goals were, then you would make that decision to go further, but always kind of tracking how they sleep and how they feeling, what their labs look like, what their ketone levels were, what their glucose levels were, you know, how that was all matching up to any medications, stress levels. So it's really looking at an individual, not just throwing this thing at you and saying, here's where we got to get to. So let's just start there. It's not, and I think with the female metabolism, even more important to do that slow, steady approach, because a lot of the women that I've worked with, especially, will notice things working better at some point on the way into that. And so we always have them track, you know, their moods, how they're feeling, uh, uh, even uh, bowel movements, all kinds of things that associate with diet change. We'd have them be tracking that, even how they felt, uh, how they slept. And it's interesting, you oftentimes doing that will find this kind of sweet spot that's good for you. And that's what most, that's what's most important. Um, it's not about doing something perfect. It's about finding, you know, what works for you. And, and, and that goes back to the opening statement. Again, ketogenic's not for everybody. There are people that can't do it. There are people that don't feel good on it. Um, just like it's not, vegan's not good for everybody. And there's a lot of bad ways to do these diets. There's bad, be there's bad vegan, there's bad paleo, there's bad keto. I mean, you, some of these diets don't differentiate between good and bad versions of anything. So when we say whole foods, that's mother nature's food. So if you're on vegan, we want mother nature's food, not packaged food. If you're on vegetarian, we want mother nature's food, not packaged food. Most of this push you see for these plant-based foods is from manufacturers. They are not real food promotion. Um, so, that, so that's my battle of, you know, when I do media for people is to say, hey, there's good and bad versions of all of these foods and, and keto fits right in there. You can, do, you can do a lot of bad fat on a ketogenic diet and that would be very inflammatory uh, to the body versus using healthy fats, uh, you know, using uh, coconut oil with no chemicals in it, no hexane, no bleaching agents, uh, using olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, first cold pressed olive oil, no bleaching agents, no colorings, uh, no heat. Uh, cold press means no heat, uh, using avocados, using healthy nuts and seeds, um, all kinds of things uh, have healthy fat in there, even animal products with healthier fats, like range-fed, grass-fed healthy will have healthier fats. So we always define that, and that's what's most important is to do whatever diet you're on to do it the right way. And I think a lot of people, will, like I, people I work with call it dirty keto, they say they are, I, I'm doing dirty keto and I'm losing a lot of weight. Well, that might work, but that's not the optimal way to do that. Um, healthy fat can be very anti-inflammatory, which is really good for the human body. And so we always try to use a diet that's, that's going to, on a daily basis, help you handle inflammation, help you handle stress. And that's why it's become so popular for all these chronic diseases. And for athletes is it really puts out the fire of inflammation. Yeah. So the other thing too, to mention is that, you know, we followed labs very closely for anybody who even just started on ketogenic diet. And, and when Randy was saying that's, you know, a lot of the seizure disorders for kids, when we're doing two to one or four to one ratios, they have to be hospitalized at first to even start ketogenic. And there are a load of lab work, metabolism labs, electrolyte labs, acid, looking at your pH. Um, you can be predisposed to kidney stones 
hormones if you go um, high fat because you're producing a lot of oxalate crystals. Um, so, I mean, you just, it does have to be done the right way and you do have to have, you know, a healthcare professional, a dietitian following some of those labs, um, unless you're going to do it, you know, very, very slow and very, very steady, um, and very, very light. Um, and maybe just, just pushing healthy fats, um, in your diet. The other thing is that, um, what we're finding out in research is that the ketogenic diet is being studied for a lot of, you know, diseases outside of, um, seizure disorders, cancer, um, and diabetes. So we're looking at, um, PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome, which, um, most, of the time it is related to insulin resistance um, in a woman and to go higher fat and less carbs may actually benefit women living with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And they're also finding that it may even potentially prevent um, neurologic kind of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, for example. Um, and what Randy, you know, has worked with in the past um, are these ultra athletes where, you know, they're running ultra marathons and there's long distance um, competitive um, events where they can't run on carbs. They have to use their long-term stores. And that's why, you know, most of these guys are doing ketogenic diet because they can last longer during their competitive events. Um, on a ketogenic diet. So those are just some of the benefits that, you know, we've seen in clinical practice. Yeah, they, it is important to know that, I mean, there are things that pop up and hydration, I would say, is probably one of the big things to work on for anybody that hasn't done ketogenic because we find people dehydrated across the board. The average American's dehydrated. The average American athlete's dehydrated. I think it's because the technology has us so sedentary out, outside of any activity a lot of us aren't drinking enough, especially water, let alone other things, but drinking enough uh, throughout the day. So, so it is be, it's smart to be mindful of it. We always say half your body weight in ounces. That's minimal. I'd say most people need more than that, but half your body weight in ounces is considered minimal unless you've got a fluid restriction. Uh, somebody's told you, but half your body weight in ounces will be kind of a, a line to be above. Uh, but I will tell you, we find that we measure it. Clinically, we measure it and find most people dehydrated including athletes. So hydration is pretty important on a ketogenic diet because you are flushing more things out. Uh, it tends to increase your fluid requirements. And for healthy eaters, and this is, this is a real caveat, um, if your doctor has told you watch out for sodium, that's fine. Do what he says. But if you haven't been told that, healthy eaters will struggle to maintain sodium levels because they're not eating food with four and five times their daily allowance of sodium. In other words, they're not eating a Big Mac, which might have two days worth of sodium in it. They're not eating packaged food uh, that you don't taste the salt in that's full of sodium, canned products full of salt. So when you're eating whole foods, just know you will be challenged to keep your sodium levels within range for a doctor. I mean, when you look at their blood labs, um, it's not unusual to see health eaters after about two or three months, sodium level dropped below the range. So, so we have to be careful anytime we're, we're going to manipulate fluid. We need more fluid on a ketogenic diet. You might also need some extra electrolytes or salt. Um, and it'll depend on, you know, your activity level and, and, you know, all the other things that are going on with your health and your stress. But, um, there, that's one of the things that's pretty common, um, is to find uh, there's certain things that you really have to follow in everybody. And then beyond that, you're kind of just watching them, seeing how they do. But uh, those are a couple to keep an eye out for. And uh, the healthy fat part of it's an easy one. We, we have fats we can't make in the body. They're called essential fats. And uh, we find people when we measure them low. So if you think, well, essential fat means I have to eat it, my body can't make it. Brain's mostly made of 
EPA and essential fat or DHA and the essential fat from the EPA. Uh, so DHA is an essential fat, only comes from the diet. Everybody's low. Uh, well, guess what? When you eat more healthy fat, then you can get more DHA and your neural system and your brain are made of fat. Uh, most of our cells are made of fat. Uh, so it's really cool what you automatically increase in this thing is the things we're made of. Um, so getting healthy versions of those in actually helps the body to move all the bad versions you've got stored out. So it's kind of cool that we can really kind of trade out our structure over time, you know, made of water and made of fat for the most part. Uh, it's kind of cool how we can trade those out. And so over time, it's almost like a slow detox and, and, and people then uh, will find, you know, over time they get better and better. They feel better and better on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I definitely, I mean, I've had, I finally hit my sweet spot, but you know, with the hydration status, when I was on a lot more, you know, ketosis during the real ketogenic diet that I was doing, that was absolutely terrible for me. I think I had to drink like 90 to 120 ounces a day. And that wasn't even enough um, because I was, you know, in keto acidosis. So I just couldn't even keep up with my hydration status, even at that amount of water intake. And, but I also wasn't doing a lot of electrolytes. Um, or too much salt um, because of eating too much whole food. So I, I probably should have added a lot more electrolytes and a lot more salt, um, and, which I do now. Um, salt is good for us, um, except for people who have um, obviously the fluid retention um, or kidney issues. Um, but um, adding you know, Himalayan salt, for example, to a lot of your foods while you're drinking a lot extra water is going to be beneficial because... Um, um, because salt has a purpose in the body. I mean, it runs most of our um, um, biochemical reactions. So when it comes to keto, just know that uh, there's, there's usually kind of a way to bridge that. So when people, people that might be struggling with energy levels on ketogenic, um, they might be, you know, pre-diabetic. Uh, so they're trying to limit carbs anyway. So they kind of control the insulin blood sugar a little bit. So there's there's a, there's a lot of people that go toward ketogenic for a reason. Uh, a lot of athletes will, will give me this question, but uh, because they'll say, well, before I go work out, should I do this? Should I eat more carbs? Um, so, so I would say one of the ways you can do ketogenic uh, to kind of bridge that gap until you get you know, better at ketosis, better you know, producing the enzymes to carry and use pro, uh, the, the ketones, those protein enzymes. Um, so there's things you can do and it's, it's adding uh, MCT oil, Anybody's ever heard of Bulletproof? That's a whole industry based on MCT oil, but uh, it's eight carbon uh, MCT oil. Uh, it's just a, a, a good way to help the body produce ketones, even if you're not changing your diet a ton. So in other words, you know, if you, the, the scariest thing about a ketogenic diet, if you're talking to somebody that doesn't know anything about it is the, the scariest part is, is they might not restrict the carbohydrates while they add the healthy fat, which, which is problematic because a lot of people do it because they want to lose a little bit of weight. So if you do that, you might feel better, but you could also get pretty heavy. So, so when, if that's going to be our primary fuel, we have to trade out some carbs, but in that, in that transition to doing that, to getting, uh, to becoming more fat-based and less carb-based using an MCT oil, which coconut oils and MCT oil, these refined MCT oils, uh, like Bulletproof has the, the, the C8 and C10 coconut oil, MCT oils, those will actually just be advantageous because they'll give you kind of a boost of energy if you need it. Some people actually take ketones themselves to get a boost of energy, 
but those can be expensive and they can cause some GI issues. So we always just use the oils. Uh, coconut oil is certainly safe to use, try to use a healthy coconut oil. But if you, if you struggle for energy or need a little boost like that in that Bulletproof coffee, we always put a, a, a C8 MCT oil. And that's just an eight carbon length medium chain fat. That's all that is. And then, so if it's a C10, that's a 10 carbon length. The shorter carbon lengths of those MCTs tend to give you a little more of a boost because the body more quickly converts those to ketones. So, so that's what's interesting is we used to think we had to do this seven day fast. We used to have to stop, you know, stop eating for days to see ketone levels. And now we've got the military, like I know a military researcher using MCT oils uh, for rebreather missions and they, because they don't then have to be on such a crazy restrictive diet, they can actually have a more normal diet, but use either ketone supplements or those CA oils to help with ketones. And that's ben beneficial for preventing uh, seizures in them during missions if they are under too long rebreathing oxygen. So it's kind of cool now. There's all this research and all these different people using it. Um, but we can all kind of gain those benefits ourselves. So the MC2Ls can just be a way to bridge a gap. If you feel kind of wonky when you first start ketogenic, uh, like you don't have any energy, it could be you're just not, your body's not really good at burning fat yet. So the dietary fat will give you more of a, a bridge and the, the MCT could boost that and give you even more of a, a boost because of the uh, production of ketones from it. So it's almost like a ketone supplement to take a MCT oil, which is kind of cool. So, so we would use those maybe on cancer patients who are going through treatment, who are having trouble with ketosis, you know, that uh, chemotherapy can affect insulin resistance and make the cells more resistant. So they have really wonky glucose metabolism, but yet they aren't really good at making ketones yet. So we would really push harder on those, uh, those ways to boost that and to give them some energy uh, with those uh, C8 supplements. Yeah, I think that's what I think I did too. After I was eating a lot of salads, I would just kind of take a tablespoon swig of the MCT oil um, and just go into ketosis like right then and there. Um, but that's interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to share this with a lot of our um, Health is Power Wellness uh, Coaching Members Club members um, that's going to launch, you know, March 8th um, to kind of see if we can incorporate more healthy fats. Because I know a lot of us women need a lot more healthy fats in our diet and, and to try and see if we can strategize on how to do that with you and the group. So I am so thankful we have this podcast today. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we let go? No, I think it's just a, a to introduction really for people that might not be a, a familiar with ketogenic, but tons of information online, tons of people uh, doing the ketogenic diet and talking about it. So it's, I think it's really cool. Um, again, remember you're an individual, but I think, I think it's, it's really cool that we're at least, we at least have these things now. And there's so much information out there uh, that allows us then to take charge of our own health. But um, I think ketogenic was probably a diet. Humans have really been ketogenic uh, over thousands of years of evolution. We've probably, it's like fasting. There's, you know, people are doing a lot of fasting. Well, obviously man fasted, you know, when we didn't have food. I mean, that was, wasn't, we didn't always have a grocery store or a quickie mart on the corner. So, so there were times when humans were without food and, and in large part, they would have been ketogenic probably times when a, you know, a caveman would have caught an animal and ate pretty much the whole animal. That's what we used to do. Uh, and that certainly had the potential to be ketogenic. So I think ketogenic's been around and certainly, you know, every baby born that nurses from the mother is ketogenic. We start our lives off. Uh, so those ketogenic fats are very unique for human metabolism. We use them just like a baby calf uses a mother's milk, a human uses a mother's milk. We are ketogenic for a good period of time there. 
uh, early in life. And that, that the, the reason those MCT oils work so well is because they work great for a baby. And we still have that built into our metabolism uh, beyond those years. So it's, it's kind of cool how this makes more sense maybe than the other approaches we've had in diet. Uh, and I don't think we have to go from an all carb or all sugar diet to an all fat diet, but maybe there's a balance there that makes sense. And maybe our diet should vary from season to season and year to year shouldn't be the exact same all the time. Just think about, you know, those kind of things. When you're thinking about what's the perfect diet for me, if, if somebody tells you you should be vegan, vegetarian, paleo every day, the rest of your life, just flip off that switch. Um, because I don't think that's what we're built for. We're built for constant change. Um, even in food sensitivity, we see that we repeat eat the same things over and over and over. We can become sensitive to them. We're just built for a variety. So I think ketogenic fits in there. It just has a place in our rotation maybe. And then if you have a chronic disease condition that ketogenic good for, yeah, use it. But that doesn't mean you'll be on it forever. So I think that's just what's cool is we've got this conversation that makes more sense going on and ketogenics is a part of it. Yeah, that's excellent. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll have more conversations on um, high fat or healthy fat diets. Um, uh, maybe even the ketogenic diet, even some more. If you guys are interested, just let us know, head over onto Instagram at health underscore is underscore power. Send us a DM or comment on our post that we'll have for this podcast interview. And we will see you guys next week. Mm -hmm.